Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. Um I was a little bit like Coach Lashley. I wasn't entirely sure what to say after the Temple and Tulsa games. Um, just flat-out beatdowns, um, especially Tulsa, uh, where they just kind of took it to them straight from the start. Uh, the Temple game, there was that little bit of a hiccup early on. Uh, you had the fumble on the first drive, punt on the second drive, but uh, the offense then got it together uh, and ran away with that one. Um, two shutouts in a season and a shutout in a conference game, both for the first time since 2012. This defense continues to play at a high elite level. Um, the offense is getting going, and I know, I know what Temple and Tulsa are as football teams this season. They are not good football teams. Um, without Warner at quarterback, uh, Temple is a not good offense. Um, I get all of that. But even against bad teams, it's hard to get shutouts. Even against not very good teams, it is hard to score 124 points in two games. That doesn't just happen. It's hard to throw for almost 400 yards in less than a half of play like Preston Stone did this past Saturday. Um, even against bad teams, even against bad defenses, even against bad offenses, some of that is still hard to do. Yes, some of your limitations are not as limiting some of your faults do not get exposed. Yes, but to win 55 to nothing and 69 to 10 is nothing to just throw out the window. Um, you have guys making plays left and right. You have, um, you know, I think the offense has found its rhythm a little bit. And sometimes it takes getting that rhythm going against not very good teams. You know, I mean, you still have to do it in a game setting. Um, you know, I mean, let's see. Let's just break this down really quick as far as who is doing the scoring. Jordan Hudson and RJ Maryland have two touchdown catches each. Ramella Brinson and Moochie Dixon have one each. Uh, rushing, Jalen Knighton and Kamar Wheaton have two each, while Preston Stone, Tyler Levine, Velton Gardner, and Kevin Jennings have one each. You also throw in a defensive touchdown and some field goals from Colin Rogers, who has been very consistent uh, as of late and you get 124 points um, you know I think 
it was Casey Woods who talked about, you know, you can't expect to get defensive touchdowns every game that help your, honestly, your scoring, so your offensive numbers. You can't expect to have turnovers give you a really short field every single time. Um, those certainly help, um, but those aren't going to be the norm. Um, and so we'll see what this offense does moving forward, but I'm not taking, I don't care the opponent, I'm not taking anything away uh, from what they've done the last two weeks when you're putting up those numbers, when your starting quarterback has played fewer than five of the eight quarters uh, of those games. Um, defense, Coach Lashley talked about the defense being ticked off when they gave up the field goal to Tulsa. Um, they end up giving up that touchdown late with a lot of backups, um, some walk-ons and some true freshmen on the field actually late in that game. Um, but you're seeing what this uh, what this group can be. Um, and they'll have to show it uh, this week against Rice, uh, against what will be a better defense and a better offense than what they've seen. Uh, they'll certainly have to do that in a couple weeks uh, at Memphis, and then hopefully a couple weeks after that again in the conference championship game. But you play the games on your schedule as they're scheduled, and uh, right now they're doing that. They're doing it at a high level, and uh, that's really all you can ask for. Uh, to be where they are, to be 6-2 and two overall, bowl eligible, fifth straight year for that, uh, undefeated in conference, 4-0, and oh, I think only for the second time since the 80s. Uh, they have a chance to be 3-0 uh, and oh on the road. Improved to 5-0 and in conference for, I believe, the first time since the 80s. Um, so, you know, this team uh, is checking off the boxes, and that's what Coach Lashley talked about when talking about uh, the bowl eligibility. It's exciting. They celebrated that. You've seen the video and the pictures of uh, Coach Lashley holding up the bowl season shirt. That is something that should be celebrated. Uh, there was a time at SMU where that was the big goal. Get that sixth win. Get that bowl invitation. Um, I remember 2006 when they got that sixth win, and it was before everybody who has six wins and even some five and seven teams get bowl games. They got that those six wins and still didn't go to a bowl game uh, and how heartbreaking that was. Um, and then what it meant to, uh, under June Jones, then make that bowl game for the first time. Go to multiple bowl games. Um, and now they're on a nice little run. It sucks that a couple of them were canceled, but bowl eligible for five straight years is a big deal. And it's to be celebrated. It's not the ultimate goal, but in order to get to that ultimate goal, you have to check these boxes. You don't play for a conference championship if you don't win six games. That's just the way it is. Um, you don't, uh, put yourself in a position to do some of these things if you don't win six games. So they've checked that off. Now they're trying to improve uh, to 5-0 and in conference play, to 3-0 and in conference on the road. Uh, three straight road wins. Um, all things that have not been a traditional uh, check mark for SMU football in 30 years. Um, you know, they're playing 
some big games now. Um, they're playing to stay undefeated. They're playing to uh, keep their spot at the top, tied at the top of the standings, to keep their current position of being in the conference championship game uh, and all of those things. So there's going to be a pressure uh, that's going to be there that just kind of hasn't been there the last uh, few years or kind of as a whole. Um, I think we saw, uh, of course, with the extenuating circumstances, how some of those pressures and expectations and obviously uh, coaching change rumors really sank uh, the ship in 2021 as uh, the wheels really came off uh, at the end of that season. Um, obviously, last season had its ups and downs, and they finished really strong uh, to get into a bowl game and all of those things um, that were there for them at the end of that season. Um, and there's pressure in that, but the pressure to continuously win and stay undefeated in conference and to keep uh, those big goals ahead of you are certainly there uh, going into this week. I think um, looking at the defense and what they've been able to do, I think the ridiculous thing is, is A, the turnovers are starting to happen a little more. Um, and you're just seeing guys finish the plays. I think we've seen a lot of situations where they could have had a turnover, where they almost had a turnover. Um, and I think we're starting to see guys finish those plays. Uh, but the crazy thing is just how many, they don't have a ton of total turnovers, but over 50% have gone for touchdowns. And even outside of that, they're leading to points. Uh, you know, starting in the season opener, you have the Corey Roberson pick six right there. Um, Against Prairie View A&M, you have the blocked field goal returned for a touchdown. Um, against Charlotte, the interception didn't lead to anything. Um, but then you have the East Carolina game where the Kobe Wilson uh, forced fumble and fumble recovery lead to a big field goal. And then obviously the Jonathan McGill pick six that helps to seal that game um and then you look uh at the temple game and what just the defense overall was able to do i think uh is just kind of the biggest thing there um they obviously uh lost a fumble in that game uh but they had an interception late uh, that led to a touchdown, uh, that Chris Adamora interception, uh, that led to a touchdown. And then obviously this last week you have the, uh, Wachovia pick six, um, not only first of his college career, but he talked about how in high school he got stopped a, a couple times really close, uh, to the goal line after an interception so that that was, his actual first um, first pick six of his uh, career since middle school uh, with a big uh, Isaiah smile on that one. Um, and then uh, the Jalen Davis Robinson 
uh, interception against led to uh, that one play, uh, RJ Maryland, big touchdown catch. So there haven't been a ton of turnovers still. Um, I know that's still uh, certainly a talking point, but we're at a point where they have had turnovers uh, in each of their last four games. They have had uh, multiple turnovers in two of their last three games, and just the number of them that have been returned for touchdowns and then have just led to other points, um, I think is is also big because they're not just wasted possessions. They're not just uh, meaningless turnovers. Uh, and in some cases, you're certainly getting the defense to score itself. This week will be a different animal. Uh, it was a little interesting listening to Coach Simons talk about the Tulsa offense um, that they didn't really expect uh, to see as much of Braxton as they got. Um, they kind of thought that they had shown that they can really slow down and uh, limit running quarterbacks and so he thought going into the game they'd see a lot of Cardell Williams um and they didn't uh they saw a lot of Braylon Braxton obviously picked him off twice um only gave up three points when he was in there it was Williams coming in who did lead that uh touchdown drive uh but again you know this is a defense that has prepared for multiple quarterbacks uh, for multiple weeks, um, really all conference season with ECU using two, uh, Temple uh, not knowing necessarily who you were going to get there due to injuries. Uh, really, they ended up getting the backup and the third string in that game. Um, and then obviously Tulsa doing what they do. Um, so this is kind of a different sort of challenge for this defense and I'm really looking forward to see what they do against it. I think they looked great at Oklahoma. I thought they looked really, really good uh, at times against TCU and certainly in some bad situations uh, in that TCU game. Um, and then in conference play, they've just been lights out uh, in their four games. Uh, you look at uh, ECU well, I mean, you and you can start with Charlotte. Uh, they played really well against Charlotte. You look at the ECU game, they give up uh, the 10 points in the second quarter, and then it's nothing uh, for the rest of that game. It's nothing at Temple, um, and then it's only 10 points to Tulsa. Uh, but again, this will be the best offense that they will have played in conference play by a pretty good margin. Um we will talk a little bit more about Rice when we return. Again, you're listening to the Pony Stampede podcast. We'll be right back.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. We are now getting into Saturday's trip to Rice. Um, obviously, Rice... Um, Picked up a big quarterback this offseason, JT Daniels. Everybody knows uh, a lot of his story, most of his story, all of his story. Um, you know, a guy that was ranked as the number one quarterback coming out of high school by a lot of people. Uh, went to USC. He's from California. Went to USC. Uh, got to start as a true freshman there, which is unheard of. Uh, gets hurt. Ends up transferring to Georgia, um, gets hurt, loses the starting job, transfers to West Virginia, loses the starting job, and is now at Rice. Uh, so it has not been a smooth uh, situation for him, uh, but he certainly has Rice going um, in the right direction. He's over 63% on completions he's thrown for almost 2400 yards he has 19 touchdowns to just six interceptions um he's an elite guy a lot has been talked about uh how quickly he gets rid of the ball which will uh do some things to limit the smu pass rush uh so it'll be interesting to see uh what simons and coach thibodeau uh line up with that and how they uh, approach that. But, um, you know, they've got a quality quarterback, and everybody, especially in college football, knows a quarterback goes a long way. Uh, Receiving-wise, it's Luke McCaffrey, um, obviously son of Super Bowl champion wide receiver Ed McCaffrey, brother of uh, NFL Swiss Army Knife Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Luke McCaffrey started his career at Nebraska trying to be a quarterback. Uh, that did not work out there. He's now at Rice uh, as a true wide receiver. He's their leading uh, pass catcher with 41 catches, 692 yards, eight of the 20 passing touchdowns. Um, he has 13 more catches than the number two receiver. He has over twice as many yards as the number two receiver. Uh, averaging almost 90 yards a game. He is obviously their go-to guy, um, which, as we saw with Rasheed Rice last year, is great when it's working, when they're healthy, when the defense isn't able to take that away. 
if this SMU defense is able to take Luke McCaffrey away from JT Daniels, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they try and counter that. Um, how who else steps up? How they use other guys if they try to use somebody like a McCaffrey or if they you know have guys that they can do some different things with uh their rushing game hasn't really been too spectacular uh it's actually Dean Connors their leading rusher who is their second leading receiver um rushing though he has 337 yards on 58 carries four touchdowns uh Juma Adoviano sorry, has uh, 56 carries for 209 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, the one stat I love is they've got Dalen Alexander, who has 18 carries for 35 yards and five touchdowns. Um, he is a big uh, freshman out of uh, Pflugerville Weiss, um, 5'9", 210, kind of wrecking ball type runner. Uh, that they certainly use in goal line situations um, leading to not many carries, not many yards, but is the team leader in rushing touchdowns. It's a offense that averages a little over 33 points a game. Um, they do it mostly through the air. Um, looking at it and they have, you know, 729 yards rushing almost 2,500 yards passing um, in what they do, their defense has been good, uh, giving up about 28 points a game. Um, and you, I mean, you look at their schedule and they played Texas all they could handle, ended up losing it 37 to 10, ended up being a little lopsided, but it was probably closer, uh, than that for most of it. Obviously they have the, uh, double overtime win against Houston. They come out of the gate though. Uh, with a loss to South Florida uh, in conference play. Beat East Carolina, lose to UConn. That's the one one game that you kind of circle that's probably the game that they just didn't show up for. Uh, that's probably a little frustrating to them. It's not a conference game, but I think uh, is a game they expected uh, to have a W next to. They pounded Tulsa uh, the same weekend, SMU beat Temple, and then again gave Tulane all they could handle uh, last week um, in a 30-28 to loss. Their defense is just able to get a stop at the end. They pulled within two uh, with over eight minutes to go, and Tulane was able to run out all but four seconds of that. Uh, Rice tried to get kind of a trick uh, hook and ladder type playoff uh, that was swallowed up by Tulane uh, in the final four seconds. So it's certainly not a team that you can overlook. Uh, it's certainly a team that has talent. It's a team that has shown it can hang with some people. Uh, but it's also a team that I think, you know, the Houston win looked amazing at the beginning of the season. I don't think Houston's a very good football team this year. Um, the Texas game got away from them a little bit uh, there. And season opener, I'm sure UT was taking them very lightly. Um, 
So I'm not going to say this is going to be easy. I'm, you know, I'm certainly not going to say any of that because I don't think it's going to be easy. I think they're going to get tested. I think they're going to have uh, to play one of their best football games that they've played uh, this season, especially having to go there um, where they do have a winning record. Um, and we'll see what happens. Um, I think, um, it's the time of the year where the best teams have to go out and be the best team. Um, I think SMU is the better team top to bottom. I think Rice has some really good pieces. Um, I think they've got a quality quarterback. They've got a quality receiver. They've got some pieces on defense, but the thing that makes SMU so good is they don't have one or two pieces. They've got 11 out there on both sides of the ball, and then they've really got another 11 um, right behind them ready to go. Um, I think SMU's defense is too deep. I think it's too talented. I think it's too athletic. Um, I think it's so much better tackling in space that I don't think it's not going to get picked apart. They might give up a long drive. They're going to give up points. I think the Rice offense is too good um, not to give up uh, some points against them, but it's not going to be a lot. I think Rice has some good defensive players. I don't think that's enough for what the SMU offense has and has been able to utilize and has been able to get going over the last couple weeks. That's why I think these last two weeks have been so big. You have to do that in a game. Again, I don't care who it's against. Even even the Prairie View A&M game, you can say, yeah, well, that was against them. Okay, fine. If you want to say they're an FCS school that's not historically very good, fine. These are Division I players in the conference that they're playing. They went out and took them to the woodshed two weeks in a row. Um, they have a chance to now be tested on the road and win again. And I think they're going to do that. I think they're going to have a decently convincing win on Saturday in Houston. Um, I don't think they can take them lightly. All of that stuff. But at the end of the day, this team is just too good, too deep, too talented, too everything um, across the board. Um, SMU's 12.5 point favorites. I think they cover that. I think they win by at least two touchdowns. Um, I think you see consistency again out of this offense. I think we'll see Preston continue to take steps forward. I would love to see the running game get going a little bit more. Um, whether that's, I mean, it's whoever it is. I, I don't care who's running the ball well, whether it's Jalen Knight and LJ Johnson, Kamar Wheaton, Tyler Levine, Velton Gardner, Zane Miners. I don't care. Run the ball effectively. Um and effectively doesn't necessarily mean a ton of yards. It was like somebody posted on the on the live game thread during the Tulsa game. It seemed like SMU had more rushing yards than they had, but that was because they didn't necessarily have a ton of rush plays, 
but they were all productive. Outside of the first play of the game where Jalen was stopped for a one-yard gain, kind of slipped and and kind of had a, a protection breakdown, uh, a run block breakdown, um, they were all productive, productive runs. They all uh, did what they needed to do. No, they weren't explosive plays. No, they weren't uh, for big, massive yards, but they were effective getting the job that they were designed to do done and then it opened up a pass play. And then it did this. And then it did that. So I think that's what you need to see. I mean, I'd love to see um, a 100-yard rusher. I'd love to see a true 200-yard rushing game, which, yes, last week was if you take away the sack numbers. But I'd love to see a true 200-yard rushing game. I'd love to see um, – I'd like to see LJ Johnson get going a little bit. I think – uh, he should be completely fully healthy by now. I think he's a guy that they can lean on. Um, I've liked what I've seen from Kamar uh, the last couple of weeks as he's gotten back. Um, I mean, they've got a three-headed monster back there. Uh, I'd like to see it get get going a little bit. But, man, if you're throwing the ball uh, as effective as SMU has been the last couple of weeks, you don't necessarily need to balance it out too much uh, if you can do – uh, what you're doing. I mean, looking at yardage, rushing yards, you know, when you throw for 446 yards like they did against Tulsa, 192 rushing yards isn't too shabby. You know, 358 uh, throwing, 205 uh, rushing against Temple. Uh, even that Charlotte game, was uh that was kind of that weird 228 rushing 135 passing again see what the game dictates and then go after them there uh i wouldn't expect 600 yards of offense i wouldn't expect 55 69 points but i think this is an offense that can get into the 40s against rice i think it's a defense that holds rice in the teens or 20s uh as good as rice's offense can be uh, SMU is just too deep. Uh, they're too deep with too talented of players to have a game like this uh, not go their way, especially when it means as much as it does uh, for them overall. Um, I'd say like a 45-21 kind of final score. Uh, we'll see how I feel about that uh, on Saturday when I when I have my prediction come out officially uh, in the notes, uh, but we'll see. Uh, I see this being a good, solid win for the Mustangs. I see them taking another step forward uh, in their development, especially as an offense. Um, I want to see what this defense schemes up. Uh, I think they'll have a good scheme. They've obviously got the the quality of player to uh, run uh, the scheme that Simons, Thibodeau, and the rest of that defensive staff puts together. Uh, and and we'll see. Um, I want to see this offense put drives together. I want to see them maybe go through some adversity of not scoring as easily and then finding ways to score. Uh, and I think all of that's possible this week in Houston. I will be at the game. Um, I will try to do uh, – I'm driving to Houston, which means I am not bound by flights or um, security or things like that. Uh, flight times. So hopefully 
I'll be able to get a post game up either Saturday night or Sunday morning uh, with kind of some quick thoughts uh, that unfortunately I haven't been able to do the last couple of games. And uh, of course, we'll be uh, live threading from Houston and Rice's Stadium. So be sure you are on PonyStampede.com on game day. Uh, still have some features coming. Obviously have the transcripts I've typed out from head coach Rhett Lashley, offensive coordinator Casey Woods, and defensive coordinator Scott Simons from their media availability earlier this week. I uh, have a feature, uh, kind of a story breaking down what this offense has done, what it can do moving forward. That is right now a VIP-only story. Um, our game thread is obviously, and message board as a whole, is a VIP-only message board. Uh, so if you want to join in the conversation, uh, make sure you are subscribed uh, to the Pony Stampede site uh, across 24-7 sports. Uh, that gives you access to all the sites, uh, even if your home site is SMU with us on Pony Stampede uh, following the SMU Mustangs. Uh, again, I'm Jordan Hoffeditz. I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen. Uh, we'll see what happens in Houston. And uh, until next time, pony up. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com